did we beat Winnipeg again? Monday, November 8th, 2021. I'm Steven Sersky. Thanks for joining me. And if you haven't seen the news, which I guess some places probably wouldn't care about this, Beijing got snow over the weekend starting Saturday night at around 8 p.m. or so, 9 p.m. Just after, actually, I got home from cycling. Uh, I was at the pub and I was uh, cycling home and it just seemed really, really cold and it was kind of raining and then sleeting and you could see the the uh, the water sort of freezing up a little bit, slushing up on the, on the street and by the time I got back to my apartment, you could see snowflakes already in the air and that continued until about midday Sunday and it was cold. Uh, I, I, I'm not, I can't hide this, it... Even for me, it's been, it was cold. Uh, but yeah, we got, I don't know how many inches, probably just an inch, maybe two of, uh, of snow. Not too much overall compared to other places, of course. But uh, for Beijing, I mean, it's a decent amount. And as it goes with uh, this sort of um, experience, this sort of thing, this event, I guess you could call it. If you want the nice, pretty pictures of Beijing, you got to go pretty much very early in the morning. There's there's a couple times that you can go to get decent pictures, like uh, nice looking pictures of the city. One, you go out at night uh, and uh, take pictures of the streetlights bouncing off of the, uh, of the snow. And because usually what happens is that the, st- the city starts to shut down as, and uh, not as many people are moving around. So the, the snow is very, it's, it's fresh. It has sort of that fresh look to it. Uh, Sunday morning, uh, or the, the morning after, you want to get out very early because not only do more people get out there, uh, but it starts melting pretty quickly. And already today, by the end of Monday, by midday today, um, most of the sidewalks were clear of large portions of, of snow. And this is helped by the fact that there were uh, people cleaning the streets which is uh it, it helps because they have to do this because if they don't then it freezes over and you have you have that thin film of ice thin layer of ice uh that's really dangerous to have uh, especially in a, a city like this where it's i mean well, a place like this where people aren't used to having ice very much and so a lot of our footwear is not made to be walking across ice at all um so that being the the case they they do get out pretty early and they do clean the snow uh, which is good because then it's able to melt away from the sidewalks pretty quickly. It's still, you can still see it, like there's some vehicles, if they haven't been moved, uh, some of them might have snow on them. The grass still has snow, but the the leaves, uh, like the trees, they're all clear now. It, it was actually kind of amazing. I was out for uh, a walk yesterday morning, so while it was still snowing, and on, on Saturday morning, the trees had leaves. By Sunday morning, the leaves were gone. Uh, for the for the trees that lose their leaves, they were basically bare. Uh, so, it, like overnight, it it changed uh, quite a bit, which is kind of kind of neat to see. Other than that, I uh, did not go out and take many pictures. I figured it's uh, can be dangerous out there <laughs> if uh, drivers don't know how to. Uh, navigate the uh, the slushy streets. Although the streets were pretty decent, like, I, I can't say that they looked very icy at all. 
And with the number of cars going across them, I mean, there's not really much time for uh, things to ice over because uh, there's just always a stream of um, heated up cars or uh, cars causing friction that keeps things pretty uh, um, dry overall. The uh, the temptation is always to go out to the, uh, uh, the, the Great Wall and take pictures there. The problem with it, there's two problems with getting out to the Great Wall uh, when it's snowing. One, uh, getting out there can be very difficult. Number two, if you get onto the, like, if you're actually going to the Great Wall onto it, it's very slippery. Like the thing does not have stairs built into it uh, in large parts of it. Uh, some parts have uh, stairs sort of chiseled into them now, uh, but vast majority, it's it's a slope. So if you're, yeah, it's just, it's unclimbable. I think they actually shut down portions of it uh, in weather like that. I mean, if you just wanted to go take your drone or something and rip it around the, the sky, I mean, you can do that. I uh, get some nice pictures. It's uh, quite a distance to get uh, that footage in, but, uh, you know, some people are committed to it. I was not because, again, it's an hour and a half, two hours away from my place. And, yeah, it's, you you got to start early because as soon as the sun starts hitting that snow, it starts melting pretty quickly. Now, speaking of drone footage, I uh, actually was soundtracking uh, some of my drone footage yesterday. I uh, got much of it done, actually. Just wanted to give it a day breather uh, to do some final touches on the editing. And hopefully I'll have those three videos total up by, oh, probably this week sometime. Overall, it is cold in Beijing. Winter is here. We are preparing for the uh, Beijing Olympics in a couple months. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to expect entirely for this uh, this winter. The skies have been pretty clear. And if the skies are clear, that means the air is clear. And if the air is clear, that means it's going to be cold. <laughs> That's basically what I see happening. So, Because Beijing is very windy in the winter. And uh, it's, I mean, it's not a, a, a gentle wind. It It's a warmth robbing bone chilling wind and with all of the high buildings that create sort of vortexes throughout the city it can be difficult to walk around sometimes <laughs> i'm glad i do have a, a winter jacket so far uh one thing i was looking at over the weekend was uh how to get involved with nfts now, if you haven't heard of this, which I'm sure I'm probably one of the last ones to start talking about it, non-fungible tokens. I was reading about this. Um, how did I happen upon it? it? It was about copyright and how artists can make digital products to sell through the NFT, NFT blockchain technology using... Uh, websites, the three that I was reading about were OpenSea, Mintbase, and Foundation. Now, of all of this talk about NFTs being like the next big thing, well, it is the, the next thing that's happening right now. My question is, what's the difference between an NFT, which is a supposedly a unique digital creation and buying a royalty-free piece of music or a royalty-free picture or a royalty-free piece of art. 
royalty-free or cheaper. You can use them the same way. You, true, the original artist doesn't get uh, the same, like, it doesn't get any commission uh, after the initial sale, but they can sell the same piece over and over again. And if you are the buyer of that digital asset, you do look to be using things that maybe aren't so popular. If you wanted something unique, you would go out and get something done. You would get a commission. That's how digital assets have worked up until now. So I'm seeing this this NFT craze and I go, I mean, my, my, my thought is like, well, sure, why, why don't I get involved in it? I mean, I have lots of stuff I could just create and put up there, right? I mean, and I understand the idea of the NFTs is that I, the creator, once I've sold the digital asset, would then destroy the original. This doesn't make sense to me, again, because it, is it the original creation or is it the production of the creation that needs to be destroyed? Like they're, they're, I, I'm assuming they're saying the whole thing. But, uh, so, for example, if I were to create something on, oh, I don't know, GarageBand, I published the digital audio file, WAVE, F, uh, FLAC or AAC, whatever, uncompressed, gorgeously uncompressed, high bit rate, you name it, lots of big room on your, your hard drive. So do I delete the digital file or do I delete the whole project? And well, can I sell them differently? Can I sell the digital file and can I sell the project? Because, I mean they would be two different assets. One would be the final result and the other would be the process of. This was going through my mind when I'm looking at these NFTs and I'm still going, you know, it doesn't it doesn't seem like that big of a difference from royalty-free assets as they are now. So what changed? I mean, is the only the, the fact that there are a couple big wigs who are pushing this uh, NFT technology, and is it because it's using cryptocurrency? Is that what is the big draw to using NFTs? Because uh, to me, like even an NFT, you look at YouTube or any digital repository that allows end users to post whatever they want, and even if there's some sort of policing mechanism involved, like pirate, like copyright infringement, you know, odd. AI, you know, learning, you know, if it hears a clip more than three beats long, it flags it as being a copyright infringement or something or other, which is like kind of what YouTube does. But there is no, there's no way to fully prevent piracy. So the whole idea that this NFT blockchain technology is some sort of you know, foolproof or bulletproof method of uh, preserving reserving and guaranteeing the rights of artists, of digital creators, I I think it's, I'm not convinced. I'm not seeing it. I'm sure the marketers would say that I, I'm just not getting it. And you're right. I'm not because it doesn't make any difference from someone who makes a, uh, uh, a generic track using GarageBand loops posting it on YouTube and then setting that as their music so that the YouTube AI machine thing picks it up and flags it as copyright infringement. If you've never had this happen to you, you won't understand how that happens because 
you've never gone through the process of going, but wait a minute, I've paid for this program that has these loops in it, and I published it, and I made something creative using those loops, and now I've published them on a video that I made, and now it's getting flagged for copyright infringement? How does that work? I mean, is that an example of your, your blockchain technology in work in its most basic form? So I'm not entirely convinced by what seems to be a fad. Uh, now, that being the case, I do understand the idea of blockchain technology creating a traceable element, a, a, a chain linking back to the original artist, the original creator, which can then pay royalties. And it takes royalties away from the current gatekeepers of the royalty industry, which are your, your, your big labels, right? And it now takes that, those keys out of their pockets into the, the keys of, well, these new NFT hosts, uh, like the ones I mentioned before with Mintbase, Foundation, OpenSea, all of which are apparently using Ethereum to pay for all these things. Like that's the, uh, apparently the NFT currency to trade with. So uh, it seems like a lot of hype. I'm not convinced that there's any difference between an NFT and a royalty-free digital asset uh, at the current time. Um, and for artists, I, I, if you're not making money from NFTs, let's put it this way. if Were you making money before? If you weren't, it's almost like, well, how can you expect to make money from NFTs? I guess the only reason why you would make money from NFTs is because there's such a craze for it right now that that's the big thing, that everyone's looking for something, they're all looking to buy the next big thing. But if you're buying a thousand tracks, you know, digital auto files uh, for $25 a pop or a thousand dollars a pop, I mean, what's the difference between buying a, a thousand royalty-free tracks and then just setting that up as your own royalty-free music library so other people can rent them from you and like sell off clips of it, like 10-second clips and things like that. So this, this is what I'm sort of sitting here look, thinking about as I'm reading about all these NFTs uh, and uh, what what's going on with the current craze with that. So that's what I was reading over the weekend uh, that pretty much occupied most of my Sunday afternoon. It's an interesting idea. I'm not convinced. Uh, maybe I have to do a little bit more reading on it. Um, I see that there are quite a few people getting on board with this. Uh, I don't still understand how something digital in a digital world can not be easily replicated and not feed back to the originator. I mean, Google already has um, algorithms to pick this up on YouTube. Um, if, if you ever upload something on YouTube that's flagged as copyright infringement, even though you might own the video or make all of the, the video yourself, all that time and energy, you don't get to monetize it if you're using music that belongs to someone else. And I'm not sure about images. So maybe there's the big difference with NFTs uh, in that it can get around current copyright infringement claims in the digital audio space because the same thing can't be applied to the moving image just yet. Anyway, it is uh, beginning of the week. I did have a Chinese class today. And I think it might be one of my last ones on Monday. I did 
ask my teacher about the Sunday morning classes for HSK5. And she seemed, she was sort of wondering if, I think she was asking if I thought I was ready for that. Because it does focus a lot more on the spoken, the conversational aspect of uh, the HSK5 grammar points. And they're actually using a different textbook too. I thought like, the reason I wanted to go to this was because it was HSK5 specific and I wanted to prepare with this course to take the, the test uh, later in, in a couple of months, basically. But now she's saying that she, they're using uh, another textbook altogether in addition to the HSK5 stuff. Well, okay, wow. Now, which one is it? That, that and the other issue is that it's not a consistent intake of students. So I think that she I think she said there was three students so far. And so if I join that'd be the fourth one. I think they go for three hours every Sunday. And you're encouraged not to miss classes, obviously. So if you're in, you're in, you're committed. Uh but I think it lasts for thirty classes total. They've gone for two or three weeks already. So I'm already um yeah, she said that they were on Unit 12 of the book, so the first book. And that's where I stopped. That's where I stopped doing self-study. But now I'm thinking of it, actually. I did the self-study without looking at the grammar points. I just kind of focused on the texts and uh, the vocab. I didn't really focus on the grammar at all. So now, if I do go for a trial class on Sunday, that means I have to do two things by the end of this weekend. One review all of the HSK5 grammar stuff that I, I skipped over. Two, go through the uh, the current book that I'm using with my teacher right now and make sure I understand all of the grammar in uh, for the next 10 lessons in that book because they've started the book that is after the one I'm on. I don't know what I've signed myself up for or what I'm getting myself into. We'll see how this one works out. Anyway, we'll leave it there. So it's Monday and I am feeling a lot better. If you uh, can't tell with my noise, my noise, my nose, uh, and my the sound of my voice is probably a whole lot clearer than it was before. Uh, and I was able to get a, a, a proper workout in today. Although I'll tell you, it, uh, it it was tough. Um, it, what you could tell that I had lost some strength over the the last week or so because the amount of struggle I had to do to get I, don't, I guess I didn't do it last week like I only did like sort of a, a 50% power uh, workout last week and so that's basically been two weeks since I've done this workout yeah my abs are um, they're feeling it pretty tight anyway we'll leave it there thanks for listening guys show notes up on stevensersky.com thanks for listening have a good week and I hope your weekend was very good and you're staying warm wherever you are have a good one we'll talk again Bye-bye.